On today's episode, Dave interviews actor Tim Meadows. Tim was a cast member on Saturday Night Live and starred in The Ladies' Man. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. <laughs> George Watt was in the chair, and I forgot to tell him we just start, and yeah. he said some shit, and he, go, he went, uh, uh, wait, I oh, don't, don't put that in? No, right, it's like, okay, good, good, good. Was there, he went, he said the N-word or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> you went, went you off know, on the N word was uh, not surprising. Susan Messing, uh, and we looked at it. That's like, not oh. surprising. No, it's not surprising at all. I mean, <laughs> it's okay. She said. Um, so, what did we have to do with it? Uh, talking about the N word. Yeah, with Susan. Yeah. Oh yeah, we talked about you. Really? Yeah, she talked about you. She go. Yeah, what she say? It was a scene that that um, it was a scene that you and I and Pasquazi and Label. Who, I, who says I have to get his name in every episode, nice. um, had done on main stage, and it was, uh, sorry, not on main stage, on IO, at Cross Currents, mm. and it was a scene that we all did, and uh, Susan was really, like, this is a seminal moment in, I said semen, seminal, seminal mm. moment in her appreciation, appreciation for improvisation, and it was, apparently it was, uh, I want to get the story right, um, uh, oh, it, uh, Pasquese, it was kind of a racist scene, and Label just called it out. Uh-huh. And it was a really lovely, uh, it was a really lovely uh, uh, setup and really smart scene. Wow. And so she said, the, uh, she said, you listen to it, she'll, just, if you listen to her podcast. I'll listen to it again. Right? Is it still in? I listened to some of, I like, I, I did listen to a few. Just it's to okay. let you know. I, haven't, no, it's I didn't listen right. to Susan's. I listened to Rose Abdu. That's who I listened to. Oh, uh, that was really good too. She's so funny. I was laughing just listening to the rhythm because you're so used to her rhythm. <laughs> I know, right? It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. And her rhythm is... And Susan's yeah. rhythm is very different. Yeah. Susan's rhythm is... Uh, with bursts of... Yeah. Uh, Rose seems to ask questions and throw statements. She, you know, she'll like go... I mean, she goes like, am, am I crazy? Am I crazy? <laughs> like, that's her thing. Like, you know, it, just the way she talks. Right. When she's telling stories and stuff. It'll be like, I just... I did some like she was talking about the homeless, <laughs> the homeless guy who like uh, said is the is or the woman said is it hot the food hot, <laughs> and she was like, is it hot? <laughs> that was I was laughing a lot. It reminded me of Set Give, Gene Wilder. Like Set Give. Um, oh, I love Gene Wilder so yeah, much. Me too. I actually um, when I was doing Ladies Man, this I had the same. Uh, this woman who was doing my hair and makeup, she was doing my makeup. She had, she was Gene, she did Gene Wilder's makeup. And so she was flying to New York to do, cause he was doing this little, like some like little thing. And so I said, hey, can you, I'm gonna, can you give him a note for me? Uh-huh. And so she was, she was like, yeah, sure. And so I wrote this note and I just said, hey, Gene, you know, my you probably don't know me, but um, when I was young, I was, I watched, probably every movie you ever did. I was a huge Mel Brooks fan right. and it may sound crazy coming from an African American kid from Detroit, but um, you know, I, I just loved you, you know? And then she came back a week later and she gave me a note from him. And he said, uh, don't ever think that um, compliments from another artist don't affect the artist that's getting the compliment. Oh. And so he, and he, he was just like, thank you very much. And, and it was really sweet. And it's nice to know that <clears throat> I influenced you or whatever. And I, I, I got that letter somewhere. That's awesome. What yeah. a, he didn't have to do that. Mm-mm. He did not have to do that. And I don't think he knew who I was. I think she probably had to explain to him. You can like, put that there. 
She had to explain to nah, sorry. You could put the that. Who, who I was. But yeah, he's one of my favorites, man. Dick Van Dyke was on Conan. Did you see that? No, I didn't see it. And the the, the appreciation that Conan had, he's a great interview. The appreciation yeah. that because he's always so you know, it's like you're the guy and I'm that guy and he doesn't he doesn't play that status thing. But he was just he was just talking about how Dick Van Dyke was an influence on Conan mm-hmm. and Dick Van Dyke talked about what an influence Stan Laurel was on Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. And he had an opportunity to talk to Stan Laurel. And it's just a great story. Yeah. But I think that all of us, we forget that at the core of what we do, we're artists and we share that that uh, yeah. common denominator. Yeah. You know? And it's funny. I mean, it's weird, too, I think, because you would, you know, if you linked it, then then Conan is somewhat influenced by Stan Laurel. You know right, what I mean? Right. By, by the associative. Yeah. And you could see that, too. Yeah. You could see it. Yeah. Did you listen? Did you watch a lot of that Laurel and Hardy stuff? Yeah, when I was really young, um, because our parents, my parents, like that was, I guess they were probably kids when that was, you know, in the movie theaters right. and stuff. So, yeah, it was on television. And I did. I had, I liked it. I remember watching Laurel and Hardy when I was a kid. And there was like this, this thing, like in every Laurel and Hardy movie, Stan... Uh, um, San Laurel Oliver Oliver Hardy Hardy mm-hmm. he would fall in it would be a puddle that you think is not he can just walk across <laughs> but it would be it was a contract thing but he would fall like deep into the puddle right so he every time he'd cross the street and it was a puddle you would think oh he's just gonna walk across but he would fall all the way into the puddle and that was when I found out that he did it in every movie or everything yeah, yeah. I, I loved him I was like that is because he it's sort of like, I don't care if you don't like it, I'm going to do this in everything I do. Uh, he didn't want to have it. I just, read, I just read a biography of Laurel and Hardy uh, uh, last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biography? Yeah, I guess it would be. And Oliver Hardy didn't, had, didn't want to have anything to do with the creation of the movies at all. Really? He just said, listen, this is what I want to do. I want to golf. <laughs> and that's all that I did. <laughs> and, and Stan Laurel wow. did all the work. He wrote it. Yeah. He produced it. Yeah. He directed some of these. He didn't direct all of them, but he directed some of these. And um, it was, they were going through a lot of hard times back then yeah. in terms of money. Yeah. And I look at a lot of the people that we, that we I'm certain I grew up with Laurel and Hardy. I grew up with, um, I did not grow up with the Three Stooges because my folks wouldn't let me watch that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I, I watched Three Stooges, but I didn't, I appreciated bits of the Three Stooges. Whereas like, there was some of it that I just didn't like, and that's partly being was African. Was, the, was that partly being African American and watching it, and then you'd see an African American like oh there'd be a black guy going, "Oh, boss, I don't know about that," you right, know, and you just right. go, "Oh man, nobody yeah. I knows talk. I don't know anybody who talks like that." I'm from, and I'm from Detroit. You know? <laughs> that's you know, I, I can't I can't live in your shoes. I can't you know. I, the only thing that I can do is think about the. Um, I don't know if it's discrimination or if it's uh, prejudice. Certainly mm-hmm. the prejudice that I grew up with in, in Chicago. And mm-hmm. the first time I heard somebody say, like, dirty Jew or kike <laughs> or call me something like that. And that call happened. you that? Oh, yeah. Jesus oh, yeah, yeah. Christ. I'd get into fights all the time yeah. with people about that. And, and I remember thinking, because I didn't experience it until I moved to this one neighborhood in Chicago. Yeah. And I remember somebody saying that. And, and I'm, I went... What I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and I went to my mom and I said, "What does this mean?" And my mom like, "Who said that?" Uh, and so the idea of watching movies, yeah, and 
you know, there are movies that do have the stereotypical Jews in it, but it's not the same as hey, man, yeah. you know, that sort of step and fetch it. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. So that, boy, oh boy. And then to be in the industry, I, it's just so, it's so weird to me because I just don't see it. Yeah. Well, I, you know. You know what's interesting? I'm interviewing two African Americans today. Really? A guy named Warren B. Hall. Do you know him? No. He's a black guy. <laughs> like, Seriously, think about it. You probably know him. You must know him, right? Oh, is that him right there? He's coming in right now. No. <laughs> we drove in together. Actually. Of course you did. Because you can only have one car. Yeah. Warren B. Holt? Hall. Hall. He's a stand-up. A stand-up. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, he's a stand-up. Maybe I met him. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. What does he look? I, I Describe just, him. Just, no. Is he light-skinned he's tall, or he's black I don't, skin? No, I don't. I'm not How black is he? Yeah, he's black as... I haven't met him. Wesley I've never Snipes met him. Or... I've <laughs> Chocolate like you know what me, he looks like? or like no, he's he's taller than you. Is he like the guy from you Laugh probably fucking ass off? LMFAO. Yeah, he's like light skin, big. He's he's not me. That's all I know. Is he's not me? He's not you, and he's not in this room. I and I also know this. I've never met him. Yeah, that's what I know. Well, I know all that. Cool. Well, I'm proud of you for having two black people in your apartment in one on one day. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's the first time ever. Really. Yeah, it probably is. It probably is. <laughs> I've never been here. No, I've known never. You for a hundred years. <laughs> no, no, you've never been here. You've never been here. Where you live? Uh, where? I live in Venice Beach. You live in Venice. Beach. When I'm in California, right? And I live in Lincoln Park when I'm in Chicago. Uh huh. I miss Chicago, boy. I know you and I've talked about that before, but I yeah. just miss it so much. Yeah, I don't miss it as much because I'm there a lot. So, but <laughs> right, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't miss being in this apartment when I'm here. And speak of the n, speaking of people yelling the n word, that's. I got only a, a couple times I've been yelled that been, it's been yelled at me. One was in, or a few times, three times. The third one should be funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> so don't tell that one first. Don't tell that one. Okay, so out. okay. The first one was um, <laughs> some teenagers threw peanuts at me in Chicago while I was walking down the street and yelled the N word. Wait, 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 wait. How long ago? This, like, uh, probably 20 years ago, maybe. Jeez. I swear, yeah. Threw peanuts. And I was walking down the street, and I was with a girl, and she... I started to run after the car. And I, I could have caught him, too. And she stopped me. She was grabbing me, going, please don't, don't, don't do it. Because it was late at night. So. Uh-huh. So that was the first time. Uh, second time um, was a guy... was I was driving, and a guy... Uh, felt that I cut him off in traffic, and so he yelled at me, you fucking N-word. He said it really loud. And I had my kids in the car. Uh-huh. My kids heard it. And I said, I'm gonna, you guys got to sit back for a second. And I followed him. I called 911, oh. and I said, you got to come get this dude because he did this, and if I catch him, it's just going to get dangerous, you know. And I, we, I couldn't find him, though. He got away from me, and... Um, it's a whole nother story. Wow, that whole thing about having your kids in your car when you do that. Sort Ooh, of thing and my kid, we don't t- even talk about it now. My kids have never seen me that angry. Right. I, and then the cops pulled me over because they, they knew that these two cars were like going, chasing uh-huh. each other. Right. And they searched me, got me out of my car. In front of your kids. In front of my kids. <laughs> searched me. And I said, I am not, I'm the guy that called it in. Right. I'm the nigger. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got the wrong one. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. oh man. Oh. Oh, man.
They, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I hope that's the third one. No, that's oh, okay. <laughs> This should be the third one. <laughs> Why would you tell that second? Uh, oh, don't even tell the third uh, one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then the third one was I was fucking this girl and she called me. <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, Lordy. Did you? What, this is you. This had to be you. In the car, shotgun? Mm. That was you, right? In the car. Um, get in the car? That? Get in the car? And yes. with, with the car, it was you, label me, and Harlan Wallach. Was that you? Getting in a fight about shotgun. We were all... Uh, I remember... I was driving. I thought it was you. I don't remember. I was driving and, we sh and somebody shouted shotgun and somebody sat in the front seat and Harlan shouted shotgun and you shouted shotgun or somebody else shouted shotgun. There yeah. was a fucking fist fight in my car while I'm driving down <laughs> Well Street. I don't Dude, does remember that. remember does that, does that ring a bell at all? No, not for me. Maybe it was Warren B. Hall. Yeah. Um, yeah. Check with him later. <laughs> um, I I thought it was you. No, I only got in one fist fight in Chicago, and that was with Cindy Campanera's brother, actually. Uh, John? Uh, not John. The other one. I don't know the other one. I forgot his name. Uh -huh. Michael, I think maybe. Yeah, we got into a fight at a basketball game, and then I didn't know it was her brother until later. <laughs> uh, it was weird, man. And he pushed me. <clears throat> this is crazy. He pushed me. He we he was checking me all you know on the game. And, and, uh, oh, so you were playing basketball. Playing basketball. Uh -huh. And there was a bunch of Second City people. Kevin Crowley, I remember uh -huh. pulling us off of each other. <clears throat> mm -hmm. But um, yeah, he pushed me while I was going up. We were talking shit because we talk shit when you play basketball in right. Detroit. Do you still play basketball here? Not as, no, not as much. I've been invited to play some of the a couple games and stuff. I know so many really So many people playing hockey. Like a lot of uh, a lot of who we know play hockey. Yeah. Like uh, DiCarlo I, plays hockey. Yeah, no, like um, yeah, Mike Myers and those guys. I know yeah. they used to do that too well, when they like, were out here. Yeah, they're up from there. the north. Yeah, north. I'm not a hockey dude though. No. I can skate. I can ice skate, but and I like hockey. I can tell you. I can watch a hockey game. And, you do watch a hockey game? Yeah. I can't watch a hockey game. I really? Know, I don't know what the fuck to do. Like I'm. I'd rather. I guess if I was there, it'd be great. But I'm yeah. like, oh, what the? I just I can't do it. Yeah. Soccer. You know, lately I've been. I'm mean, really trying to get into soccer because it's like everybody's doing it. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm like, oh, everybody okay. 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the rest of the world, you know, the rest of the world, 12 year olds and the rest of the world. Yeah, right. Um, I miss Crowley. I miss Kevin Crowley. Yeah. Uh, Second City Kevin Crowley. I miss him, boy. He yeah. was one of those guys that I looked at at Second City and I thought, that's the way I want to do it. That's the way. Him. Yeah. You know? I always thought he had like a certain, like, Theatrical class when he was on stage at Second City. Yeah, he was already on main stage when I got when I got to Chicago, I believe. Um, but he, I was, I was always a huge fan, and like I understudied for Aaron Freeman for a bit, and he was like, I was, I couldn't, didn't want to talk to him and stuff because I was so like afraid. I know, right? You know, and and he turned out to be really nice to me and like helpful and stuff, and you know, gave me good notes and stuff. Wait, Aaron Freeman, I forgot, you know, I, for, I, for, I forgot about him. What a yeah. character, man. Aaron was great, man. Really Still great is, guy. too. Yeah, yeah, uh, really like, political and shit like that. And yeah. You go, uh, and, and that's one of the things about working at Second City is looking at the people who had their voice and knowing their voice. Mm -hmm. And there are certain scenes that I look at over there and talk about that theatricality, and Crowley had it. Mm -hmm. You had it, too, and it was also, you had it um, in that Blue Moon scene I, that, uh, that you and... 
uh, Pasquese and Tim, uh, Tim O'Malley and uh, oh. Holly Bortel. Oh, that is Rooftop. Rooftop, pardon me. Yeah, yeah, Oh, but yeah. you also did that Blue Moon scene. We did too. that, yeah, in the, on the, in the touring company. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't that was a can, No, that was a Canadian, that was a Canadian scene, I, I always put that with you. I yeah. don't know why. I, I did it on the road. Are... I did it really well, that's why. That was why. But you did it really, really well. You did it well. Uh, but I. But there's so many of those people at Second City that you look at and you go, there was a theatricality that they had. Barb Wallace had that theatricality. I was just thinking about her the other day, too. Yeah. Um, she was in that cast, too. I lo- she was really good and very nice to me, too. I yeah. love Barb. And Jane Morris and yeah. Jeff Michalski and yeah. those guys that were in ETC that were just... And I look back at them and I think, they were really adults. And I was like, I was an adult too, but they seemed more adulty to me. And they weren't that much old. I mean, they were still young, you know, at right. the time too. Like, right. But we looked... And that's not a weird thing. Like, we looked at them. I, Pardon me. I looked at them and I thought, that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. That's what I can do. Yeah. And I think that it, it so affects what I do now. Yeah. It's so part of what I do now, and if I never saw that, I I don't think I'd be as um, I don't think I'd be as satisfied with what I'm doing right now. I think like I remember from watching those days that like I would sort of take what I because I I didn't do theater or anything, so a lot of my learning was from watching people when I got to Chicago because that was the most I'd ever seen anybody improvise. Because coming from Detroit, we were the only improv group. Who's we? Um, the Detroit, it was like Label, Richard myself, Label. Yeah. Mike Maddox. I don't right. know if you know him. Oh, no, I saw Mike, Mike the other day at oh, yeah. Carlos' wedding. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Why weren't you there? Why weren't I? I'm, I'm not really friends with DeCarlo. Oh, okay, fine. I'd, You're not I, enemies I, with him? N- no. Did he, not enemies. did he N-word you? No, he didn't N-word me. Um, but he's, no, I like Mark. But yeah, we, I like Mark too. We just I, never, I thought it's that. me too. <laughs> I'm not that kind of dude. Like people, I have a lot of friends, but none of them invite me to weddings or things like that because I don't know why I thought that you'd be invited to that wedding. Um, probably because of the Chicago Detroit connection. You probably right. knew. I probably knew everybody there. Right. You, know? you did know everybody. But Mike Maddox was there. Dave Floyd was there. Yes, Floyd was the other one in, the, in our Detroit company. And, and um, uh, uh, Beltsman. And Beltsman was there. Right. Oh, great. Was, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Was Beltsman Be- in that company? Yes, in Beltsman Detroit? was in Beltsman that company. Beltsman was not there. I, he's he and Bev are traveling the world yes, right now. Yes, which is know. great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Uh, yeah. Those guys were all in that group in Detroit, mm-hmm. and so, um, so we like the, we were the only group there doing it. And Isn't so, that weird that you were the only group there doing it? I was. Yes. Yeah. It was, and it was surprising that people uh, kept coming back and watching our shows, even though we weren't c- considering we weren't that good. Uh huh. You know, but we had energy, and we <laughs> were just. It was something that nobody else was doing in who Detroit. Was, who was energizing other people? Like, like what, who was in, I don't want to say in charge, but it's like, who's like, let's do this. And everybody's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Well, after, like, we sort of got, we, as a group, those guys I just mentioned, we left the Detroit, this company that we were, were with this director who was named Jonathan right, Brown. Right, I remember that. We all left because we felt that he was taking advantage of us, whatever. And I would say the person that was the, really the, was like Label and uh, Belsman. Mm-hmm. They were the ones that were like, we can do this on our own. We don't need him. We can start our own company. We can go to bars on our own. We can get gigs on our own. We don't need... And, and we followed those two guys. Isn't that... That's just such an important thing to go... If the universe, if, if what you think isn't coming to you, mm-hmm. make your own shit. Yeah. Like, do your own thing. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people don't think that they can. Yeah. You know, I love this quote from... Um, in that uh, movie um, about Facebook, uh, yeah, the social network. Social network. Yeah. And the, the 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 president of of Harvard 
he's in that meeting with those two twins and the, yeah. and the guy goes, uh, you know, at Harvard, we don't encourage our students to take jobs. We encourage our students to create jobs. Right. I love that idea, mm-hmm. you know, of like, and that's sort of what we do too. It's like, you know, you, you aren't out here just sort of like waiting to like, you know, an acting job to fall into your lap. But or, so many people do when they first get I know, here. Yeah. But when you, but in Chicago and during those times, like, People weren't waiting for it. Right. Mick started a theater company. Right. You know, UCB started. You right. know, everybody that I knew during well, those I times. Know, you know? Uh, in a, yes, exactly. But everybody started doing their own. Like, we had groups going. You know what I mean? Like, you right. would perform at I.O., but you'd also start a group with other people and start doing shows at other bars or whatever. Clearly. You know? And, and the synergy that was going on there where people were going, oh, I can do this. This guy did that. This guy did that. This guy did that. Yeah. That hasn't gone away. Yeah. And I talk to people here saying, oh, I didn't get into the ground links or I didn't get into the UCB company, that kind of shit. I'm like, so? Mm-hmm. So you didn't. So what? So you didn't. Start your own. Right. And pe- and I think that people go, oh, I-, I think that there's a lot of how do I start my own? It's like, I don't know. Start your own. Yeah. Well, how do I do that? Do that. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry I keep saying that, but that was exactly, that's, that's how I'm doing what it is that I'm doing. That's how you're doing what it is that you're doing. Yeah. Where you take and, and to look at it and to say, okay, how do I, what's my, what's my um, impetus? What's my, what's my foundation to stand mm-hmm. on? And I feel like my foundation to stand on is I like me mm-hmm. and I like what I do. Right. I trust my choices. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Right. And I think there are a lot of people that don't give themselves permission to trust their choices, mm-hmm. to think that there's somebody out there that's going to validate them, and there isn't anybody right. out there that's going to validate them. Not your mom, not your girlfriend, not your sister, <laughs> not your brother. I mean, they will go, you're doing good, and encourage you. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that guy or that lady that you look in the mirror and see, if you're a guy and looking at the lady in the mirror, and that's something else that I don't know how to deal with, but if you're looking in the mirror and you're seeing, <laughs> you're seeing something <clears throat> that, that, that you don't feel good about, you got to feel good about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to feel good about it. Yeah. Well, it's definitely, it was like a point for me where I was just like, I made a choice of doing this and it was like, um, you only live once. Right. And I was like, if I look back and, and not having made the choice of doing this, mm-hmm. I'm going to regret it my whole life. Right. I literally had that conversation, which is such a like typical conversation. I'm sure like millions of people had that. In some way or another. In some, yeah, mm-hmm. like conversation to themselves. But I, I remember like having that conversation of like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and just give myself five years. And <sighs> no matter what, if I don't finish, if I don't, my thing was like, if I don't make money, if I'm not a professional at the end of five years, then I'm going to go back and finish college and I'm going to go on that path. Right. Journalism but you go on the path that you go on. You know what I mean? Like, like if you want to set that up for yourself, you can set that up for yourself, but really it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you're going to do what you're going to do anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I, I think I might have done that. I don't think anybody buys an airplane ticket or gets in a car and gets a map out. I don't know if people can get maps out mm. of going from one place to L.A. Mm-hmm. without thinking, I'm going to give it X amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then when you're out here, you realize, oh... It's not about that. Mm-hmm. The path that you're on is the path that you're on. Susie Nakamura was sitting there and she was saying, <laughs> she, she had the longest time. She goes, she said, I'm going to come out here and if it doesn't happen in 10 years, I'm going to be like, 10 years? <laughs> Why bother? I'm going to have a baby and by the time the baby's eight, if it doesn't happen for me, then I'm going to have another kid. Exactly. <laughs> 10 years. That's such a, that is a long... <laughs> Five is long for me. Five would be long. And I said, and some people go, a year. And I'm thinking, no, that's not going to work either. Yeah. 
because part of being out here, and it's just, and it's probably the same thing that you did in New York, because you were on SNL for a long time. Yeah, and you, I'm changing the subject. I'm changing. Sure, my sure. Own, I'm getting out of my own boat and into another boat that's my boat as well. But it's uh, at, at SNL. It seemed like you loved being there every day that you were there. Yeah, and I didn't talk to you that much when you were over there. Yeah. I, I, I maybe saw you every once in a while when you come out here. But watching you on that show, I felt like. You belong there, man. Mm. And and there was I didn't I didn't sense any bitterness out of you. I felt like every day that you were there, and again, I don't I wasn't talking to you, but I felt that every day that you were there, you loved every fucking day that you were there. Yeah, I did. I mean, I, I liked most of the days there. It became it's it was a hard job and it was competitive and right. But there was times. I mean, looking back on it now, I'm like, well, it was very it was a great gravy train, right? You know, and it was a fun, that. very influential time for me I learned I became a really became a man and mm-hmm. became more confident in my work and you know I got to work with a lot of really talented people oh, and um which just made you better it just made you because you I really I did I learned from other people that that I always that I thought was you know I thought they were very talented you know and, and but it's all it, you, what go 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 um it all it all falls back on this confidence, yeah. The confidence to know I am in the middle of doing this. This is what I'm doing. I'm mm-hmm. doing this. I don't have to think about doing this. I'm doing this. Yeah. And if I'm doing this, then the next thing that I'm doing, I can do because yeah. I'm doing this. Well, speaking for myself, um, doing stand up, which I've been doing now, is it's been the same sort of thing. It's like, you know, the thought process was after I, you know, sort of brushed away initial doubt was, wait a second, I can do this. I've talked to audiences by myself. Right, at Second City, certainly, that too. Yes, I performed the same material over and over and over and still made it seem fresh every time I had to do it. That was at Second City. Right. You know, I've I've traveled around the country, that was with Second City, you know what I mean? (laughs) I've played really shitty gigs and I've played really great gigs. Right. All that was Second City. Right. And so, when I started going into it, I started thinking, well, what's different about stand up than what I was doing before mm-hmm. and the only different there was and there's really no difference the only difference is that it's just me on stage and I and I don't have the luxury of having other minds working together to right. perform you know right um and so the, the fear the bigger it, there's a bigger level of failure you know what I mean? Because it's, it's just a perception you. of a bigger level of failure. Yeah, right? but it's your perception of it too, though, because it's only you up there. And not, you know, you hear, I mean, you know this too. Like, you'll have shows where you think it's horrible, and people will come up and go, that was great. You're mm-hmm. really great. And you go, no, it wasn't good, you know? But it's like, it's my perception <laughs> right. of it. And that, I guess that's at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the day, during the day, in the middle of the day, while you're in the day, that's all that matters yeah. is your perception of it. Yeah. And to walk away from it. Uh, to walk away from uh, from experience, whether it's a good experience or a bad experience, it all depends on how you look at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's your perception of it. It's definitely. your perception. I think that a lot of people will rely. Somebody, somebody commented on the episode on the uh, the podcast episode that um, Paul Gilmartin was on. Do you know Paul? Yeah. And. Um, stand-up and you know he was really just a great guy mm-hmm. and this one guy I don't know if you saw it he commented saying um, too much spirituality and too much mumbo-jumbo about that whatever it was going to be <laughs> uh-huh. and I went what uh, what and I it it hit me and it just happened this morning and it hit me and I felt like 
who does he and then I calm down it's like that's his perception that's mm-hmm. not my perception mm-hmm. my perception is I'm enjoying what I'm doing mm-hmm. and when you're done with the stand-up gig you could look at it and you could say that fucked up that <laughs> fucked up that fucked up or that went well because of this I'm gonna keep doing that that way so right. you're, so you keep learning from that as it keeps going on yeah you do definitely I mean because it, it has been definitely been a learning experience but it hasn't been it's like it's I shouldn't even say learning. It's been a reminder, right? More than anything else, That's like so good. it's a reminder that the audiences aren't always the same. Uh-huh. It's been a reminder that you have to that a joke that you did one night is not going to fall the same way the next night. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 you know, it's a reminder that of the idea that it's a shared experience with the audience, and if the audience is not into it. The energy is gone. You know, it loses energy. It's, right. It can't all come from me. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, and like, you're setting it up as well by you're going out there and saying we're in this thing together. Yeah, right. And I do, I do sort of do that in the act. I mean, I, I say like, you know, hey, you're gonna, you know, you, to, the show is about you getting to know me because you really don't know me, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna tell you about myself. Right. And then there's a point in the show where I go, you know, I say, wow, this is fun. You know, this will never happen again you know like all of our all of us being in this room together sharing this moment you know um because we're all from different areas different mm-hmm. religions blah 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 um is there and a punchline to that well the punchline is um you don't have to say it if you don't want to and well i don't care I, well, I don't, well i'm just saying well, the punchline is that um the, i go look i mean this is never going to happen again you know um, being here in Tacoma, Washington, or whatever, you know, we're all different people, born at different times, different religions, but you, we all came here tonight. We're sharing this moment together, and I think that's beautiful because it's never going to happen again because I'm not coming back to Tacoma. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? This is not like it's Paris or something. It's fucking Tacoma. But let's have a moment where we can all feel this energy. That's really great. That's, pre- that's, that's really pretty great. Nice what's really good, there's so much going on here because I'm watching you do this and, and I'm feeling the building up of that setup. Yeah. You know, and, and the thought that when you keep doing that, um, you're finessing it. And yeah. there's going to come a point where you're going to say, okay, I can't, I can't finesse this anymore. anymore. I can't finesse this anymore. And then when you're done with that, it's like, great, good. And then to look at that and to say, I can craft that great joke right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Then there's nothing, there, what else is there? And then you, I'm saying, what else is there? Not like there's no, nothing else there. I'm saying, what else? Just give me more, give me more, give me yeah. more, give me more. It's like, yeah, I mean, exactly. And, and, and like having something like, and like a bit like that, it, I don't. I think maybe I had the ideas somewhere, like driving around, talking out loud to myself, you know. Right. And um, and I wrote it down, and then did it on stage a few times. But like, it's one of those moments in my act that like, it's, because I, I never know what I'm gonna say when I get into it. Uh huh. Because it's already like maybe half an hour to forty minutes into the show. Into your show. Into my show. So you're getting how much time? I'm Is doing like hour? fifty minutes. Yeah. That's. Awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. I could do up to an hour if I really push it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like that moment is already like they've already seen me do stuff. Right. And so when I actually when I go into that bit, I, I go, I'm going to have some water. You know, we've been having fun. I got to take it. And I drink. It gets quiet in the room. And uh-huh. I look around. I go, wow, look at us all here sitting here together. This nice. is really cool. Right. And then I go into that bit. But like yeah. I but, you know, that's a written thing, though. You know what I mean? It's right. like. And so when that when that happens and you and you get a success out of an idea that you had driving around in your car, then you go, 
I can do other, I can write other things. Right. I can do more bits. Right. The audience, they, um, they, they, they know now the ride that they're sort of going on. They mm -hmm. know that I'm not Rodney Dangerfield. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So it's right. not going to be those kind of jokes. It's going to be these jokes and stories and weirdness and conceptual bits or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it gives you confidence that like now I go, okay, so, you know, I'll write down an idea and I'll put it in my notebook and I'll say, okay, I'm going to try this at the next open mic. I'm not going to try this on stage. Or if I got a good house one night, I'll take out notes on a piece of paper. So during that one section where it's sort of a free flowing, yeah. I'll look at the paper and go, okay, I'm going to try this Bert, the ju Judge Judy jury uh, uh, bit. You know, mm -hmm. I started doing that like the past couple months. And I, I would just go, okay, well, I'll just do this and just see if the audience is into it or not, you know. That's so great because that's the connection that you have where, where you're saying, I'm, we're together on this and I trust you. I trust you and you trust me and you are, you've suspended your disbelief because that's really what has to happen as well. Yeah. Is I'm here to laugh. I'm not here to give you a hard time. There are certain people that are going to be here to give you a hard time. But at the most part, for the most part, you're, go, you're going, are you nervous going into these? No, I mean, I'm nervous like waiting to go on mm -hmm. i get like really and now i got my my thing is it nervous down. or anxious it it's, nervous? A, it's anxiety it's, it's not nervous because uh -huh. like i know once i get on stage i'm fine right because i know my act right i know and if it but it's also excitement it's excitement i'm, sorry, yeah. I'm trying to i'm trying to no, to, no. to winnow that down because i don't even think that it's anxiety i think it's excitement there's a bit of anxiety to it though, I mean, if I could put my finger on it, and I have, and it's really oily, but <laughs> it's, uh, I would say it's anxiety. It's mm -hmm. the fear of failure and the fear, the fear of the unknown. Right. Like, I don't know if this is gonna work. I don't know if this audience is gonna like me. Right. Isn't it interesting, the fear of the unknown, because we deal with the unknown all the time, like every single day, you didn't know it was gonna come over here and you're probably not thinking, wow, I hope Dave has chairs. You know, you're just going, it's all gonna work out. You know what yeah. I mean? You know? Well, I was hoping I got here on time, I mean, or like early yeah, and, enough. And for me, none of that ma you know, none of that matters. So it's all those things that you're bringing in, the, the fear of the unknown also. Yeah. Boy, look at all the unknown that you live with, though. Um, Improvisation in Detroit, doing Second City, and then doing Saturday Night Live for as long as you were doing Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And all of those have the, and then doing stand-up. I know mm. that there's a bunch of stuff in between there. Um, well, the movies and things like that. But most of that is unknown. All of that is unknown. Yeah. Isn't it? And, it, and it's never, it's, it's never, it's never, um, there's a word that I want to use. I'm just going to use it anyway. It's never retarded you. It's never gone, oh, I can't do this. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, it's never, I mean, are you talking about, you're talking about fear, right? I'm talking about the fear of the unknown. Yeah. I'm talking about the idea of you having the fear of the unknown. Yeah, no. And you none know, of that really matters. It doesn't matter. And right. it's, that's Del Close. Right. It's always, no matter what, when, I, when it comes to performance, and then also I move, I take into my regular life too, is uh, face the fear. Right. You're, you, because, and then you go, what, what am I afraid of? Right. And my brother, Rodney, he'll love if he listens to this, cause, and they usually do, he'll love this. But he told me when I was younger, like I was- Is he an older brother? Older brother, uh -huh. yeah. And my brother, Rodney, he goes, I was afraid of something. Like there was nothing to be afraid of really, and from his perspective. And he goes, well, what's the worst that could happen? It, will you die? Will you die if this thing happens? And I was like, no, I won't die. And it was probably like playing a recital or something, the saxophone. Right. And he was going, that's the worst thing that could happen. 
the worst thing could happen is you would die on stage while playing. You know what I mean? <laughs> he broke it down. And you're not even going to be around afterwards. Yeah. To, to, yes. No. So. Right. And that was one of the things that I always sort of remember too. Like when I get ready, like if I get too nervous about something, I'm always right. like, what's the worst going to happen? Right. Well, I could. The worst thing that happened is I'd have a heart attack and you know die on stage. No, I think the worst thing is shit your pants on stage. That would I think because if because you have then a heart you're aware attack, of then somebody takes you <laughs> yeah. away. But if you shit your pants or you, you shit your pants or if you shit your pants, yeah, I can't imagine anything else. Other, you may piss your pants, but I'd say shitting your pants. Well, if you worse. shit your pants and then they fall down, you know, like just drop from so much shit right. in them. Right, 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 right. From the, they'd be laden with shit. Yeah, so your pants fall down and people see your dick. And, <laughs> And you're only five minutes into a show. Right, you know? right, right. And then you don't ever get hired again because they're there for another 45 minutes. Like, he shit his pants for the first five minutes. The pants came down. We saw his dick. It's like, oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. We can't hire him again. Really? <laughs> we should have fired him after 10 minutes. But he, I mean, he did he perform still, 45 still, minutes. Exactly. Come on. How many guys can get up there except Gigi Allen? Get up there and have shit laden pants with his dick out yeah. and still do the, the and, and still do the end joke, the N-word joke. Um, I remember Gigi Allen played to the exit. You remember oh, the yeah. exit lounge? Right. He played to right. the exit when we, me and Richard were living above. Did uh, you see him? I went in there for a second. I couldn't... Uh, it was too crowded and it just seemed too dangerous. Um, like you might get shit laden. Like well, I thought, because he throws shit. He used to throw shit. Yeah. I think too. Yeah, he was. He used to uh, let people throw shit at him too. Yeah, he was the fecal Gallagher. He might be shit. Right, GG Allen's gonna right? start exactly. in a few minutes. But but the exit was a crazy awesome place. That was wild. Those guys were like, and it was not my crowd. I was not. I liked punk music and stuff, but that was like hardcore punk bar. That was um, hardcore. That was the end of an era. Yeah. And just for people listening, it was in Chicago. Me and Richard Label lived above yeah. the exit bar. Uh, what was the name of that street? Is uh, Northern um, Monom... Was it not... No, Mon- what is your street? Your street was an L? L word. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah, know. you're right on the corner. But yeah, we were right down the street from Second City. Yeah. But I saw so much shit there. And those guys, the bouncer at the door... Used to like I would stop by uh, on my way home and stuff, and like we'd have a cigarette or mm-hmm. we stop and talk and stuff. And then they started saying, "Come on in, if you want to check it out." So I started going in and having drinks at yeah. the bar and stuff. Um, it was a very different experience then. Yeah, you know, it's weird, man, because coming from Detroit and my, it was like a, you know, like it was Detroit. It was well, it was just like not my. The people that I grew up with or know, knew. You know what I mean? It was like really he- hardcore it, punk got people. It, got it. Um, but, but there they, was a punk scene in Detroit. There was a punk scene in Detroit, but yeah. I was I was not involved in right. the punk scene in Detroit. Right. Um, even though I remember the Sex Pistols and had, you know, that album when it came out and stuff. I was like aware of them, but I didn't like go checking out like punk clubs in Detroit. But I remember seeing going into Exit and just watching like... I saw a dude getting, I mean, I saw a guy fight a cop right outside the exit one time. And I was like, these fucking people are crazy. They're fighting the cops. He like, this cops, he swung on the cop and then the cop just decked him. And then the guy got up and kept fighting him. And then the cop goes, I need help. The officer needs assistance. And then he, they just started going at it. And like everybody just sitting in the bar just like watching, like, Nobody's gonna jump in and pull them apart and shit because no. you don't you don't want to get mistaken like when other cops show up. Right, right. right as one right, of the guys right. jumping on the cop, you know. No, oh. that's insane. That was a great bar. Yeah, I, remember, I really I I remember when that place closed down. It's like I think it closed down when I was on vacation. I was like, what do you? Well, they moved to. Yeah, I knew moved to North Avenue. Yeah, North Avenue. Um, I don't know if they're still there, but that scene was 
that, that scene was awesome. And I and people nowadays think, I'm going to be edgy. I'm going to shoot the stage or whatever it's going to be. It's like, yeah, dude, Gigi Allen did it. And what's her name? Annie Sprinkles? Yeah. Well, remember she, her? Yeah. She'd jerk off on stage? Yeah, yeah. And it's like... Oh, yeah, I remember... Yeah. Faith Soloway told me about that, and I was like, she was like, it was a great show, though. I was like, well, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. <laughs> I have no complaints hearing about that show, man. And then and she, uh, Faith said that, like, she would, be, at the end of the show, the climax was her with a vibrator or something, uh-huh. and then she would just lay there, and people would walk by her and say, great show, while she's laying in the bed. <laughs> go, that is the best show ever. Like, that is. That is the best show ever. That is the best show ever. It is. Because everybody's satisfied, going, okay. And you also know when the end is. Yeah, ain't nothing happening after this. No. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you can't top that. No, no, no. I remember no, one like, time I, we, uh, Belsman actually, we went and saw, again. We went so saw Tom Jones. At, uh, Belsman took me to see Tom Jones at the Hollywood Bowl. Uh-huh. And uh, Tom Jones, you know, he's like 70 or something like yeah. that. And he didn't dance the whole show. And then the, he did this. The, you, he did Kiss by Prince, like yeah, his version yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. And then there's one part where he goes, I think I'm going to dance. And then Tom Jones started dancing and started sweating. I turned to Mark. I go, this is the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't going to do shit after this. <laughs> he was sweating, man. Oh, man. And then he was like, good night, everybody. I told you, he ain't coming back for no encore. It was like, lights up. <laughs> He's done. They put him on a fucking gurney. Take him up. <laughs> Tom Jones. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's really awesome. That is awesome. Mm. Um, but having the energy to do any of that stuff, but also, like, again, it's like, when do you wake up and go, wait a minute. I just jerked off in bed. I could do this on stage. <laughs> people would pay for that. And, or saying, I, yeah. just, I just shit in the toilet. I bet people would do it on stage. When do you do that? When is that? Yeah, I don't know. That turn. When does that happen? I mean, you got to be really brave. I mean, that's that's beyond my my level of like. Oh, yeah, I know. Right. You no, know, I can barely talk about being divorced on stage without right. like alienating half the audience because I'll just start getting angry. <laughs> you rather see me talk about I would rather see me shit my pants or talk about my divorce you got a choice yeah one yeah. choice fuck you Tacoma I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm not coming back here anyway <laughs> what difference does it make to me um, how many how many gigs do you play like how many gigs are, uh, like, uh, like are you are you are this you year? your own thing or are you, you my go, agent you're yeah. an agent you're booking through an agent, agent yeah uh-huh. and I'm doing two different things because I'm doing one thing that's by myself or a headline and then I do another tour with John Lovitz Mm-hmm. And Chris Kattan, mm-hmm. and then we, the, the those shows are like casinos and like you know shows like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, but I only have to do fifteen minutes. Oh, I see. Because Lovitz is headlining. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, what's Chris Kattan's material like? What is it? Uh, I've only listened a little bit, but he talks about um, he talks about being on SNL and mm-hmm. talks about dating mm-hmm. and um, that's. Pretty much it, like mm-hmm. in this fifteen minutes, because it's pretty short. Fifteen minutes, boy. Are you? Are you? When you do fifteen minutes, are you looking at putting new material in? It's like get in, get out, and that's get it. in, get out, get in, get if out. If I can, if I got a bit that I think will work, you know, then I'll do it after a couple of jokes that I know are strong, usually jokes. Mm-hmm. But um, like in fifteen minutes, I'm just like, just get it done. Right. Hope I can end on something funny, you know. Right. Good night, everybody. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Good yeah. Boy, that's something. And when you do your own stuff, when you when uh, are are you enjoying the road in that way? Yeah, I'm enjoying. There's 
you know, it's a learning, or I should say, reminder again. It's mm-hmm. not a learning thing. It's just a reminder of like, except now it's like, it's just me. You know, it's not with a touring company. There's no stage manager. Right. So it's just me and my suitcases and my iPhone, you know. Um, I love it. I love being on the road. It's, you know, I mean, there's... Well, you got family, I so get, it's that's, different for you. Yes. That changes everything. Yes. The fact that you've got these two awesome creatures on the planet. That... And I remind them constantly, like, that it won't be like the, like this year. And I had a great exam, a great... Uh, moment with my son where I was able to explain to him why I'm gone so much because he asked me a question about um, how businesses work mm-hmm. and I said I was telling him and I was like oh well you know people invest money and then they have an idea and they try to sell it to you know people and then I used my stand-up as an example and, and then he he understood it and I said I said you know this year, I'm, I'm establishing a foundation as a stand-up comedian because I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. So what I have to do is I have to go to all and perform at all of these clubs and these different places in order for these owners to know that I'm any good. Right. And then after they know I'm good, they, they'll book me next year, but I won't have to go all the time. I can go when I want to go. Right. And so, and, and my son understood that. He was like, yeah, he really, he got it. Right. And I said, it won't, it won't ever have to be like this again. Right, but this is how you establish a, a new business. I, you yeah. really have to dedicate a lot of time and make a lot of sacrifice. And what I'm sacrificing is time with you guys. Right, you know. Right, and and, and for them to understand that in that moment must put you at ease. Going, okay, they get what I'm doing. Yeah, simpatico on that. There's no, there's no. They they don't have the feeling that I'm abandoning them right. or anything like that. Right. But it, what it also is really kind of cool <laughs> is to get that lesson because that's a lesson that I'm just getting. The same sort of thing, mm-hmm. like to lay down the foundation because I travel all over the world teaching, yeah. and it's the same sort of thing where somebody comes in, I pitch them, they hook in, mm-hmm. I do it, they know what I do, and I usually get called back a second time. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And they say, I don't have to do that again. And I think that anybody who's trying to make a business, I, I think one of the main things is actors don't think of themselves as a business. Right. They really don't, right. and we are, and yeah. we're a personality, and the product that we sell is us. And I get paid to be me. That's what I get paid to be. Yeah. And once you realize I get paid to be, once one realizes that they get paid to be themselves, everything changes because now you're looking at yourself as a product that you want to sell, not something that you want to avoid. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, if I could just get out of my skin. But the idea of this is who I am and right. this is what I do. Right. And, I, and, and either you like me or you don't. And right. if you don't like me, don't hire me again. Right. But in the meantime, I know what I'm doing. Right. And I, if you hire me for this thing, I can do this thing for you. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, I can do this if that's what I'm here for. Right. You know? If you right. hire if you want an improv actor, you know, that's what I can do. I can do that for you. Right. You know, and I'm really good at it. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And that's another thing, too, to say, I'm really good at it. Yeah. And to, and, and, and to the point where you go, I'm really good at this. This is really what I enjoy to do. I, for me, a major thing is I'm really good at that. Mm-hmm. For me to own that, and I think that a lot of people say, well, I can't, that's pride, and, you know, and all that. It's like, fuck all that. Yeah. You know, I, if, you're, if you're a... Pride gets in the way of you unfolding who it is that you are, revealing who it is that you are, because you go, I can't, I can't sell myself because people are going to think that I'm big-headed or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But when I come into a room... I feel like I want to know who you are, and I want to, and I want you to know who I am too. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. 
Yeah. You know, it just as far as like people or actors not, I think you are benefiting yourself as an actor, even if you're just starting out, to really see yourself as a, a product right. and as a business. Right. Because you you respect yourself more. You, you really do. But if you see, you know, it's fine to see yourself as an artist because I, I see myself as an artist too. But once I started taking myself seriously as a business, then it was like, okay, well, I have to make some hard choices this year because right. as a business, in order for me to be solvent and have not be in the red at the end of the year, I need to have money coming in. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, okay, so the choices that I have to make this year are not the choices that I would like to make, mm-hmm. but because I'm a business, I have to make some choices. Right. And there's nobody that can really, <laughs> I'm the judge of what I have to do. So like, there's been times like, you know, whatever, where I've been criticized by people on the internet or whatever for like a choice, for doing a certain project or something. Mm-hmm. And then, but what people don't understand is, one, I'm a father of two kids. Right. Two, I've been around for a long time. And I sort of learned that nothing real is really that permanent. Right. No matter, unless it's really great. And even if it's something that's great, it's not that permanent. Right. It goes in and out of people's consciousness within four or five months. Right. And then there's a thing that they recall. Oh, Godfather, remember that movie? Yeah, let's take it off of the shelf and watch it. <laughs> exactly. But on a day-to-day basis, nobody's going, man, Al Pacino is so great in The Godfather. That's something you gotta remind people of. It's just, it's not permanent, you <laughs> no, know? No, it's not permanent. And, and, and what's, what's permanent is your, your connection to you being on this earth at this moment, yeah. you know? It's the idea of the permanent, the only, for me, and who knows you know, if that's permanent or not, but right now, the important thing is, how are you, what are you doing with you right now? Not yeah. what you've done or not what you're going to do because you don't know that. Right. You don't. And, but I think what's, if anything is permanent, I don't know if anything is, but if there's anything, it's the body of work. It's yes. like the overall things that you do. And so, you know, yeah, Tom Hanks did Joe and the Volcano, but he also did Philadelphia. Right. You know, right. Um, um, Burt. Uh, Will, uh, Bruce, um, Bruce, Willis. Uh, Bruce Willis did, you know, Die Hard Six or whatever, but he also did, you know, um, the Tarantino movie. Right. You know and, what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, he's a great example. Yeah. You're also gonna. I think you, you almost said Burt Reynolds, didn't you? I almost said Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. But I Burt can do Reynolds Burt Reynolds too. He Deliverance yes, or exactly. Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Like those two movies where you go, those are the those are the bookends of not the bookends, but certainly there's a lot going on in there yeah. that he looks at. And um, uh, I went to see Flight last night, mm. and uh, they had a SAG screening. Oh, cool! At, uh, at the ArcLight, it was really great because yeah. they had they had uh, John Gatons who direct who wrote it. And they had everyone from John Gatons to uh, Denzel was there with a Q&A. Wow. And, he, and it was really, really awesome. It was a beautiful, really fun thing to be part of. Yeah. And just to remind people, if there's a Q&A, don't ask questions. Yeah. Don't ask questions, yeah. please. Don't ask questions. Let the moderator lead it. And if you, if you raise your hand, if your question is, what was your favorite part of the movie? Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut up. No one fuck. Shut up. You have nothing to say. You have nothing to say. You know what I mean? Like, what's your favorite oh, part of the man. movie? Shut up. Let's shut up and then let's not talk anymore. Yeah. Sometimes people should talking. be smacked on the back of the head. Exactly. As as Go, what, like that what are you happens. doing? Yeah. Shut up, bam. Right. What are you doing? Don't do that. So, uh, don't I get would, in line and ask a question. 
I would appreciate an even more like dumber question. You know like what, what I mean? Well, like, how was the food on the set? Right. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Because oh, I would love that. That's more like, interesting. Right. No, no, clearly. Like, what was your favorite part? And somebody said to Denzel, what's your favorite part? And, and he went, it's like, don't yeah. put him in that situation. Yeah. You know? Because for me, it really is. Why did you, what did you eat? Because, you know, I don't know about you, but I go on a set and I really got to watch what I eat because I get so nervous. And there was one time where I was doing a commercial and I got there really late and I said, what do you got to eat? Because it was, it was in the morning mm-hmm. and I was really far away. And <laughs> I said to the truck, what do you have to eat? And they said, um, all that we got left are breakfast burritos with chorizo. I'm like, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. And, it and I forgot the commercial was they put you in an elevator that went up and down really fast. Oh, God. And I... Immediately, you shit your pants. Like, I immediately <laughs> felt like I'm gonna shit my pants in this. It was like seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. Going, I can't do another one of this. And the director's uh, like talking a lot, and the and it didn't work well. Oh and then, god! And then it's like if I don't go to the bathroom right now. Yeah. And I went to the bathroom. It's like rah 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 rah. And uh, the, a female PA comes in and goes. Are you okay in there? Like, I need some more time. Like, everybody's waiting. <laughs> like, ah, oh, that's gonna be what they're gonna oh, do. Oh, man. Anyway, um, so Denzel I need time. <laughs> I need time. Uh. <laughs> um, but Denzel Washington was saying, you know, there are, lo- there, there are movies that I had a good time with that weren't very good. and there were, oh, there were movies that the script was really great, but I didn't do a good job. There was movies that, 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 that the script wasn't that good, and I did a really excellent job. Yeah. And to look at all that as your body of work and to say, you know what? I did that, and it, oh, that happened, and I'm moving on. Yeah. That happened, and I'm moving on. Right. And, and you're the only one responsible for holding on to that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Denzel is, uh, I would have loved to have been there, man. It was really good. I would have loved to have been there. I want to see that movie. I haven't seen it, though, because I've been flying so much, so I don't want to um, Dude. Don't want to see it. But I was hoping that I would get a screener, you know, because I heard some they were sending those out for the cat, you know, awards and stuff. Yeah. And then I was going to, like, watch it while I'm on the plane. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, show it to the right. person next to me. Hey, look at this. <laughs> is that us? <laughs> is that us or is that... Uh... No, I'm just watching Denzel yeah. Washington. I'm... Uh... But Denzel was really great, and um, I keep forgetting her name. Uh, she was in Treme. She played John Goodman's wife in Treme. Oh man, everybody right now is probably listening, going, "Ah, dude, it's Brad But she was there. Um, uh, it was just, it was just such a great screening and really great. Uh, the moderator did a really great job. But the movie was just so, so well done. Yeah. And I know John Gatons, who wrote it. I know him from Bang. Like he worked with Stacy's Not Here. Oh wow! Um, and he worked with us for a while. And um, and he, it was a ten-year project that he's been working on. He's like, yeah. And he hooked up with Zemeckis, and Zemeckis got the script to Denzel, and Denzel called up. That's great. John and said, "This is Denzel," and you know, I think he went. I think he was telling the story, and, and it, like a name like Denzel, you don't go. Which Denzel? <laughs> Denzel who? <laughs> Denzel who? Um, but man alive, the things that you don't think that you're going to do that you do and the things that, that you think that you're going to do that you don't do. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you have no fucking idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's end there. Today's episode was sponsored by Fresh Balls. Deodorant for your balls. For more information, go to www.freshballs.com. So fresh, so dry. 
Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rozowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrozowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast were brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.